time for Chilling with Quillen on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, I love it. Curtis Quillen. We do it every Friday at 420, getting ready for the high school weekend and college football weekend, but especially when Baylor and Oklahoma State get it on because that is Curtis Quillen's alma mater, uh, Oklahoma State. And, of course, I went to Baylor. Uh, I might have mentioned that on the show before. And uh, Wait, this is Baylor? a <laughs> – that's right. That's right. Uh, it is uh, – Curtis, it's good to have you, and it's going to be. This is a particularly fun matchup, and especially coming off the Big Twelve Championship game, uh, there's just a lot riding on this. In the sense that I, I think with o, with OU and Texas getting ready to leave, you know, we need more and more of these really good rivalries and games. And I think the the bigger the Baylor OSU games are, the better it is for the conference. And this is another one. This is 9 versus 16, and Curtis, the weird thing is, I, I we don't know that much about Baylor. We know even less about this Oklahoma State team, as they have beat up on some, uh, oh, some not-so-great teams. One of the teams, in fact, has already fired its head coach. Um, Curtis, do you, um, as, as we get closer to game time, does this... Does this like one and a half or two point spread? Does that seem about right to you, given the fact it's oh, hard to really have any feel for this? Absolutely. You know, you mentioned uh, who do we know the least about? You know, on Big Twelve Breakdown this week uh, on our six new streaming platforms with John Morris, we talked about what team. Now that everybody's done with their non conference slates in the Big Twelve, what team do we know the least about? And I went with Oklahoma. He went with Oklahoma State. And I think we both actually kind of agreed with each other. And I said, you know, who's Oklahoma State's best win in that 3-0? and Central Michigan? Really? But, yeah, Arizona State fired Herm Edwards eight days later because they also lost to Eastern Michigan. So uh, that's a Oklahoma State team that's relatively untested. And outside of BYU, like, I mean, what, what, we don't know what we're to expect from Baylor because Baylor has played kind of a different game every week. Um and some weeks they have 14 penalties for 117 yards, and it cost them the game with they're still throwing to the end zone to win it in the second overtime on the road. And so, you know, these are two teams that, you know, I don't know how much we know about them, kind of like you said. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Um, I do know that we can expect two very mobile offenses. I think Spencer Sanders and Blake Shapin, when they're at their best, uh, are fairly similar quarterbacks. They're both pretty mobile. They can sling it. Both make some questionable throws, and um, you know they kind of balance the offense out. And then uh, the question is, you know, what kind of run game are we going to expect? Can we expect rather uh, from OSU tomorrow? And so I think it's a fascinating matchup. I called it the most intriguing game in the Big Twelve this weekend. I had a former professor who's in town covering the game. Uh, with six of his students this weekend who replied to that tweet and said that it might be one of the most intriguing on paper in the country. And so it's it's a game that we're going to learn a lot, not just about both of these teams this weekend, but maybe the Big 12 Conference as a whole for the season. Boy, I love it when you bring your old professors into this. There's some professor, this may be the same one that you always reference. I'd like to meet the guy. You know, I've um, well, I've toyed around with uh, – 
I, I've toyed around with doing some teaching and, and, and uh, have talked to a lot of classes over the past. So I'd like to compare notes with your professor. I'd like to kind of find out what sort of student you were. You know, were you a guy who rolled in late? Did you get there early? You know, what was the commitment level of one Curtis Quillen? Now, who was that uh, Curtis? What was that group that's already showed up in town yesterday? I mean, I was very impressed that some group from it was like Pokes TV or something. It must have something to do with the uh, the school because apparently you used to be involved with it. They, I mean, they showed up like you know two days before the game. That is, to me, that's uh, that's pretty impressive when uh, when when a, a group like that shows up a couple days early, uh, this early in the Big Twelve season, especially. That is uh, so. The show's called The Poke Report. Uh, I yeah. entered it uh, my senior year of college. Uh, in fact, I was the only one who worked on the show that fall semester of my senior year that was not in the class that produced it in the fall semester. Uh, spring semester, I believe it's a capstone. It, at least it was when I was in there it was a capstone thing, and so I worked. On, I was in the class that did it that semester. Um, but uh, you know, in recent years, they've started taking the show on the road, and they came down yesterday, taped the show. Um, it will. I know that he said that they're editing it today at their hotel mostly, and then it'll air tomorrow on O-State TV. Uh, O-State TV, even when I was in school, was kind of like that first like TV – not the first one. It's not like it was that original of an idea, but uh, it was one of those – it was one of my first exposures into a wholeheartedly 100% based like streaming product because uh, there was no TV channel on like campus cable to get O-State TV, but you could get it on demand. Um, on your, you know, streaming device, your laptop, your phone, stuff like that. And so um, it's a really cool show. Um, it kind of helped me learn how to do local sports when I got into the, into the uh, local news world. Um, it, they, they hit it all, man. It, they did whenever I was in school. Um, you know, they talked golf. They talked track. They talked, soft, you know, uh, softball's playing its fall schedule. This is what it means and stuff like that. Um, it's a 30-minute all-Oklahoma State show. It, most most colleges have something similar to that. Um, it's just, you know, this one's a little near and dear to my heart because I did anchor it for uh, for an entire semester and then a couple of times in the spring as well. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a really good product. I was on it the second year it was the thing and the first time where it was weekly. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a – and the fact that they're able to take it on the road, I think it's a very valuable lesson for these uh, journalism students who are going to wind up uh, working on the road whenever they, you know, leave Stillwater and join us here in the in the in the uh, crazy journalism workforce. Let's uh, let's take them some stuff in the morning. Let's take them some breakfast tacos or something. I feel as uh, as 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 a former member of that crew that uh, it, it falls upon you to do something nice for these people who've come to town to visit us. I know you have a lot on your plate, but uh, I just wanted to put something else on it. I know you love it when well, I tell you, tell you things to do. They will get to uh, see Friday Night Lights tonight. They'll, uh, they'll kind of be hanging out with us and learning the nice. of a newsroom, stuff like that. And so my oh, boss is very generous in letting them in. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, this is a really fun, uh, fun game for me every year because I get to catch up with some other people who, you know, had a very, very big impact in uh, getting my career started. You know, uh, Dave Hunziker, the voice of the Cowboys, 
Um, it has always been just unbelievably gracious to me. And uh, his color analyst, John Holcomb, is the sports director at KOTV in Tulsa. And he has been a mentor of mine uh, since my senior year of college. And so this is, a, this is always a really fun game for me. All right. And we'll see who comes out on top. I think you and I need to figure out something. I think you do you owe me a coffee or do I owe you a coffee? We we may have to go double or nothing and figure all this out. Now, um, what about uh, give me the give me the game of the week as we start to you talked about that Friday night light show and uh, our friends from uh, Stillwater will be hanging out with you, seeing how the big dog does it uh, behind the scenes. Where will Lively be? Where will Sheeran be? Where, where's the where's the crew as y'all kind of fan out across Central Texas? Where's everybody headed tonight? Well, Matt Lively will make his season debut in the studio. That tells you that Nicole Ooh. Sheeran the week duties. And so she is headed to Rosebud Lot America as the Cougars host Riesel in District 8, 2A Division One. And for those of you thinking, that's a weird game of the week. Well, let me pull the curtain back a little bit. It is the biggest bye week in the state of Texas. There are, I think I counted four complete districts on bye in our area here in Central Texas, uh, and it's way more than that elsewhere in the state. And so when you look at the matchups, Rosebud Lot Riesel is, to me, a potential playoff spot game, a playoff play-in game. It could be for seeding. Both of these teams could get in. It really kind of depends on what the development is like and how uh, Clint Xander is able to bring Bosqueville along. Um, because, I, you know, he talked about having to rebuild there on the offensive line, and it showed a little bit last week against Marlin. So how quickly can he get those kids developed and be able to beat the teams he should beat? So, you know, if, if Bosqueville is able to develop like that, then maybe only one of these two between Rosebud Lott and Riesel gets into the playoffs. And so it's a phenomenal matchup on paper when, it, when you look at the potential playoff ramifications of it. Uh, the computer projections of Dave Campbell's have this one as a four-point game. They're evenly matched. They play similar styles. They've got similar approaches. And so it's going to be a very, very entertaining football game. Uh, I was excited to get this one as game of the week. Uh, Matt will be doing a uh, I-14 run tonight. He'll be live with midway coach Shane Anderson before their game against Harker Heights mm. Mm. Um, at Leo Buckley Stadium, which is a really intriguing matchup. You know, can midway build on some momentum? Because, yes, it's not a true 0-4 that they started because you look at the teams they, that they faced in those first four weeks going to combine 14-2. and um, But getting that that win over Hutto, I think, sent a uh, sent a signal that, okay, don't kick dirt on Midway. Midway is a force to be reckoned with, especially when it comes to the playoff picture out of 12 6 uh, And Harker Heights is just a buzzsaw right now. I mean, you look at what the Knights have been able to do, and they've done it with, like, consecutive weeks on the road and, you know, go to, go to Odessa, fall in a heartbreaker to Permian by when you get held scoreless in the second half. A very... A uh, peculiar feat that happened two weeks in a row. Go to the Austin area the week after, held scoreless in the second half, hold on to beat Pflugerville Weiss. What happens with the Knights now? Uh, back at home, back in the in the friendly confines there at Leo Buckley, and so that's an interesting game to me. And then Coppers Cove and Bryan is intriguing to me as well. Uh, is to me in that game if Bryan wins handedly, then it might be a year or two for Tony Johnson and company in that rebuild there uh, with Coppers Cove. 
But if Cove keeps it competitive or beats Brian, maybe the Bulldogs can compete with the likes of Hutto and Weiss and Temp and, you know, start trying to inch their way closer to a return to the playoffs for the first time since what, 2018, Jack Alvarez's first year at, at Cove. Wow. Boy, that Copper's Cove. Now that really does, uh, that that brings back some memories there, so I do kind of like thinking about that. I, I was sitting here looking at some of the picks, and I did want to say we were all over that one, weren't we? We felt good about Parish Episcopal. Obviously, we didn't want our Central Texas uh, powerhouse to lose to Parish Episcopal, but that was a private school that had beaten Alito and uh, has some tremendous talent and some players, and obviously some of those private schools can do a little more recruiting than the public schools, but uh, <laughs> we were we were on the money on that. We, I think we were a little worried about Midway, but uh, Midway got the job done, uh, which is good, but I did want to bring that up. That was one area where I think you and I agreed, watch out for Parish Episcopal, and our worries ended up being uh, confirmed. Yeah, Parish is probably going to win a state title in TAPS this season, so I don't. I would. I would qualify that as a quality loss for uh, China Spring if you're one of those that uh, believes in that. And you know they've got one more non-district game tonight, and China Spring is, uh, you know. San Antonio Cornerstone is also a very good private school, at least in the past couple of years. They've become, you know, kind of a prep school type uh, program. I don't know if they're still in that or if they're now a TAPS program. Um, But I do think Cornerstone is not on the same level as Parrish. And I think now that China Spring has seen that, uh, that kind of, that kind of ball, uh, it'll really help them. And so I would imagine China Spring can get a w- should get a win tonight. And then uh, I think it's Alvarado next week to open district play. All right. Uh, we'll keep Cornerstone kind of sounds like a non-denom church or something. I don't know if that's – I would imagine Cornerstone is affiliated with one of those uh, – one of those Christian schools up there, but uh, you would know more about that than I would. Uh, I do love it when the Waco Trib gets involved and dips into some Kaufman County stuff. Mahaya going to Kemp. All right, that's right down the road from where I grew up in Kaufman. Everybody picking Mahaya in that. And that uh, the other one that uh, uh, the Lorena Academy game, uh, Lorena at Academy, that one grabbed my attention a little bit. But I am glad. I, I think y'all picked a good one, and I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of that. It seems like, uh, boy, Nicole Sheeran ends up in a lot of these Game of the Week uh, sites. So uh, that's uh, good for her, and uh, we look forward to watching tonight. It'll be a lot of fun. Lorena's Lorena Academy is another one we looked at, and you know, there's so many good matchups tonight. Uh, my question to you as a Kaufman County boy is: Mejia the best 0 and five team in the country or in the state? Rather, <laughs> it's always because the, you, the most backhanded. Lost to, and, but but like in all seriousness, I mean, who in that group that beat Mejia is not looking at a playoff spot? Maybe Gatesville. Grosbeck should be competitive in the top three in that district because, uh, you know, Mejia is a little bit young. And, you know, Aaron Nowell's interim tag coming off in April uh, was a very delayed stop at the revolving door in Mejia. And then um, Lorena Academy is interesting because Academy's response. You know, I don't think we anybody saw Academy starting 0-2, uh, but they've responded nicely with wins over Troy, Salado, and Hillsborough. And so – you know, can the bees keep it rolling tonight um, and not get caught looking ahead? Because you know, I think Academy's got Cameron coming up soon, and so 
Um, I like I like the way Chris Lancaster's squad is um, rebounding after that kind of disappointing zero and two start from the bees. Um, and so I think this is that's another really fascinating matchup. And so so many good games on a week with so few games to choose from. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, and uh, to go along with your point, uh, Gatesville tonight, you were talking about Gatesville, at Mineral Wells, and uh, I did notice, hated to see Bryce Cherry picking against our Gatesville boys. Uh, I, I like Gatesville in that game, and I, I, I really want Bryce to be wrong on that, although Bryce, will, as he'll let you know, he's not often wrong. I'm just kidding. All right, um, <laughs> let's, um, let's get together tomorrow in the press box. You can introduce me to some of your former professors and that kind of thing would love to, to, to help, you know, to meet some of the people who, uh, who helped make you the broadcaster that you are, Curtis. Well, don't uh, blame them for that. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, it'll be fun. Uh, have a great night. Uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. I appreciate it, Matt. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. There he is. Chilling with Quillen, Curtis Quillen, proud graduate of Oklahoma state university. Home of the the great late uh, the late great uh, T Boone Pickens and the whole group, and uh, we will see how this thing goes down. Nine versus sixteen tomorrow, two thirty kick at McLean Stadium. Something has to give.